My name is Tim Guccione, and welcome to a very special episode of No Time to Bond, where we'll discuss many aspects of Bond, James Bond. From the cultures, to the filmmaking, from personal memories and everything in between, to the influence that one of the biggest franchises of all time has had on myself, as well as my guest for today. He's an account manager at Boning Brothers Inc., a franchise beer wholesaler on Long Island, which services Metro New York for brands like Miller, Guinness, Samuel Adams, Yingling, Brooklyn Brewery, and Montauk Brewing Company. He's a Cicerone certified beer server, for which those of you listening who don't know, means he's not an expert in the botany or chemistry of brewing, but has a firm knowledge in beer styles, food pairing tips, and general terminology. He's made recent appearances on the Blunt Instruments podcast, and is a reigning champ at the Bond Pub Trivia Nights that we do. Ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Barbeau. Good evening. (laughs) Good evening. Welcome. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for having me on again. This was fun last time. I've been looking forward to uh, coming back. As have I. As have I. So, what have you been up to since the last time you were on with us? Not much other than work and uh, you know watching movies. That's basically all we can do these days. Absolutely. What's your favorite movie that you've watched lately? I watched a movie called Bombshell the other night. Um, Charlize Theron plays Megan Kelly. It was really good. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I've, I saw that on uh, Amazon and I was like, oh, got to put that in my I've, watch list. I've watched a lot of bad movies the last couple of days too, but that oh, was really? one of that was one of the good ones. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, did you receive any uh, or purchase any Bond-related items of note over the holidays? I know I I gave some N-Peel to my family. Mm-hmm. Um, what did I buy for myself? I bought some Bollinger Champagne. Oh, very nice. For, for New Year's. Oh, I can't think of anything that I've bought for myself lately, though. I guess that's a good thing. I I've, I have enough. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> my most recent big purchase was uh, was the No Time to Die Seamaster. Right, which uh, uh, I've seen and it's gorgeous. After 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 that, it's a good idea to rein things in a little. Yeah. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, so moving on, uh, I want to quickly tell the backstories to why Kyle is joining us again today. Uh, during the Operation Phoenix Bond event last year, I brought up a question to Kyle about pairing Bond films with different beers. Uh, this was based on a on something a close friend of mine was doing with another friend of his, uh, taking a journey through the Bond series one beer or two at a time. Uh, so today, Kyle will present part two of his list in our multi-part series and we will be covering the seven films of the Roger Moore tenure and the best beer to pair with each of them as well as Kyle's inspiration behind each choice. So starting with the top of the list we have Live and Let Die. Take it away Kyle. Live and Let Die. All right so the 1970s are kind of the um, the dark ages in American brewing. That's <laughs> I think at the time by the time 1980 rolled around there were only like 50 breweries left in the United States. Now there's mm-hmm several thousand um so the beer that i picked for live and let die is not something that would have existed when live and let die came out Mm -hmm. Uh, so jw pepper was not drinking this beer yeah i i picked uh a beer from new orleans or from about an hour uh north of new orleans called Mm -hmm. abita purple haze oh very nice what i'm drinking tonight i'm really i was really excited uh, for this one in particular to pair this beer with live and let die mm-hmm. because and i just found this out today yeah. that they don't have it anymore they used to have baron samity on the six-pack holder and yep. on the bottles and they just changed their packaging <gasps> it must no. have it must have only just recently happened and I'll, I'll hold up the bottle to the camera here right. he's not on there anymore and <sighs> that's I was, disappointing oh, i know the one for live and let die it's a piece of cake because it has baron samity on uh on yeah. all of the labels mm-hmm. um so i was really disappointed 
uh, when I picked up a six pack today oh, that, to see that he's no longer there. Oh man, that's disappointing to me too. Because <laughs> that's what like attracted me to the beer. I'm like, I mean, I still want to try it, but it's just like, yeah. Like, why would why would you change that? <laughs> I know, I know. It's like the quintessential. It must have been like a licensing thing or something. I don't know if it was a licensing thing or or maybe just to change things up and attract a different drinker. I don't know. Maybe the you know the voodoo imagery is off putting. I don't know, but it's still a good beer. So what is Abita Purple Haze? This is kind of an unusual beer. Mm. It's a lager and it's, it's a Pilsner, which is a type of lager. And most people, when they think of Pilsners, they're very clear and very um, like pale golden in color. Right. This one is not, thus the name. It's, it's hazy. Mm. Um, why is it hazy? Because they add raspberries to the brewing process, which give it like a a purplish reddish haze and there's mm. even sometimes you can get a little bit of raspberry pulp in it so Ooh. it's really fruity it's not clear like a like a normal pilsner would be right so it's, nice. it's 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 tart it's thirst quenching um you know it's, it's new orleans is not a typical city everything they do they do with a little bit of a twist so yep. <laughs> this is a, a pilsner with a bit of a twist so th- this is a good good beer to go with chocolate uh, because it's it's sweet and uh and light Ooh, very nice very nice oof man and i i'm definitely like putting uh not only am i putting that it, like in my list of beers i need to try in like this year but also i'm trying to get a trip to new orleans together when things improve <laughs> yeah new orleans is a fun city great food some of the best food i've ever had yeah and how would this pair well with like you know some of the new orleans style food down there um i think it would go pretty well with like anything cajun spicy because it's it's light and fruity and refreshing mm-hmm. that it, it would it would wash that down really nice nice so it contrasts yeah. yeah when you when you pair um beer with food the things that you want it to do you want it to complement contrast and cut okay and I, I feel like this would definitely do all of those things very nice very nice um so moving on to the man with the golden gun the man with the golden gun i picked out a beer called singha which okay. is the um, the largest selling beer in Thailand, and it is available in the United States. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a European style pale lager, which we're going to be seeing a lot of that style today, uh, <laughs> because it's it's ubiquitous, but it's also really approachable. Mm-hmm. It, it's a style of beer that goes very well with food. It's right. refreshing. It's it's good for hot weather. This beer, uh, Singha in particular. Mm-hmm. You know, we're thinking about Thailand, James Bond Island, walking around in a tweed sport coat. That's got to be sweaty. So <laughs> Absolutely. You, you, need, you need something to cool off a little bit. And I know that um, Scaramanga is a Guinness guy. Right. You see him uh, drinking a, a Black Velvet, which is a Guinness extra stout cocktail. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I, I would pair Singha with the man with the golden gun. So okay. it's, a, it's a typical pale lager. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll go with just about any kind of food, 5% alcohol by volume. Uh, first brewed in 1933, mm. and it actually has a royal warrant from the Thai um, royal family. Oh, that's so, very cool. Yeah, they're the they're the official beer purveyor for the Thai royal family, and they're o- the only one to have a royal warrant in Thailand. <sighs> oh, wow, that's so, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It is, and and to be around for almost 90 years with that kind of pedigree is impressive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, but you know, but Guinness though. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Guinness drinker. Um, that's one of my go-tos. But, uh, you know, you can always get a Guinness. 
Right, of course. Let's yeah. try something different tonight. You gotta change it up. Exactly. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You enjoy Guinness just as much as I do. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You derive just as much pleasure from Guinness as I do. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Oh, man. When I uh, have a pint, I do so for queen and country. <laughs> <laughs> Though I admit, having a glass of wine would be a pleasure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Your Roger impression is so much better than mine. If anybody knows, from last season, I was trying my best to do a Roger Moore impression so my dad could play the villain in all, in all of our opening like episodes. This is something I've meant to ask you before. Good time yeah. to bring it up. Have you two ever acknowledged on the podcast that you're both named after James Bond? Um, no, not not yet. I mean, you've got a Tim and a Roger. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, but I also my middle name is Roger, so I'm actually named after basically in a way both both of them. That's brilliant. I know. <laughs> I just kind of wish it maybe it was Daniel because I like Daniel better than you know than Roger. Yeah, no, <laughs> the Roger. No offense to Roger Moore fans. Well, I, if I, you if you ever have any sons, then they have to be you know uh, Sean George and and Pierce Daniel. Or exactly. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah um and uh, and my dad's first name is actually guy so guy hamilton obviously. guy hamilton roger yeah. moore yeah. exactly it's like a perfect perfect, perfect pairing perfect pairing <laughs> so it's um, kismet you should you should have been on this podcast it was written in the stars absolutely absolutely um so moving on to the spy who loved me spy who loved me this one is an interesting one because we're talking about a, a part of the world where Drinking is, you know, there are some cultural and religious taboos around drinking, but mm -hmm. Egypt actually has a really long, uh, very historic beer culture. And it's probably, I believe the earliest beer recipe ever discovered was found in Egypt. Mm -hmm. So there is a beer culture and a history of beer in Egypt. It's the most um, consumed alcoholic beverage in Egypt, oh, wow, I didn't know that. despite the... Uh, you know, Islamification of the country, mm -hmm. sort of, uh, you know, casting a, a social uh, taboo on drinking. But right. the, the beer I picked for The Spy Who Loved Me is the best-selling beer in Egypt. It's a beer called Stella, not to be confused with Stella Artois from <laughs> Belgium, although right. they are the same style of beer. Mm -hmm. We're talking, again, about European pale lager, 4.5% mm -hmm. um, alcohol by volume. So this one, uh, modern, modern Egyptian brewing kind of consolidated in um, 1937 mm -hmm. with Heineken taking control of the two largest breweries, both producing a beer called Stella with, by their own recipes. Mm -hmm. Heineken kind of brought these two together, uh, solidified, unified the recipe into one. Mm -hmm. Then the industry was nationalized in the 60s, privatized again in the 90s and sold again this uh, these like brewing operations were sold again to Heineken in 2002. Okay. So Heineken started it, lost it to the government, mm -hmm. got it was it privatized, and Heineken bought it back. <laughs> so <laughs> that's uh, that's who's producing Stella now. Now this I don't know if it's available in the United States. Mm -hmm. So for your listeners, most of whom I would assume are are uh, Americans, yeah, or, you, or in the UK, or in the UK, yeah. I would recommend uh, Pyramid Brewing which okay. comes from Seattle. This is one of the earlier um, American craft brewers from the Pacific Northwest. And they mm -hmm. have tap houses, tap rooms, tasting rooms, whatever you want to call them uh, in Pacific Northwestern cities, starting in Seattle and then, you know, moving to Portland and Bend and places like that. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so that that is fairly widely available in the United States. Okay. So I ha- I've never had Egyptian Stella. Uh, like I said, I, I don't know. I can't really speak to what it tastes like. Mm-hmm. Kind of guess just based on the style of beer. Um, you know, it's it's going to be similar to your Heineken, your Stella Artois, right? Like that Peroni, European yeah. pale lager. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm I'm thinking of uh, like going back to uh, the first uh, part that we did of this. Um, Heineken seems to buy a lot of different companies. Yeah, they're they're a pretty large conglomerate. I mean, they produce beer all around the world. Heineken, Carlsberg, uh, Diageo, which is the parent company of Guinness mm-hmm. and Heiser Busch, are some of the largest global brewers. Right. I'm just thinking pyramids. Just pyramids. <laughs> pyramids. <laughs> what a helpful chap. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave the Roger impression. Yeah, there. there's oh. gotta be Roger. <laughs> We're talking about the Roger films, so exactly, there's gotta be exactly. Roger in there. It was gonna sneak in eventually. <laughs> um so moving on to Moonraker. Moonraker. Moonraker we both know was a French production. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went with a French beer. Oh, very nice. Most people, when they think of France, they don't think of beer. They think of wine. Right. But, uh, or the, champagne. Or champagne. Mm-hmm. The, first, um, the first thing I ever had to drink when I went to France was this beer, which is Cronenborg 1664, Ooh. which, as the name suggests, goes all the way back to 1664. Sure, yeah. <laughs> How'd that sound? Uh, it's another <laughs> European pale lager. <laughs> Five and a half percent alcohol by volume. So, right. again, fitting within the same range as mm-hmm. those Heineken, Stella Artois types of beers. Um, the nice thing about that style is, like I said, it's approachable. You can yeah. drink it whenever it fits any occasion or any sort of food. Mm-hmm. But because it's France, cheese, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> baguette, <laughs> exactly, charcuterie board. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. th- this is the this is the beer of of France, a country mm-hmm. known for its wine. Um, <laughs> like I said, first brewed in 1664. Why is it? Why does a French beer have a German name? Because it's made in the town of Cronenbourg, mm-hmm. which is in the Alsace-Lorraine region of France, which right. has gone back and forth. When the brewery was first founded, it was part of the Holy Roman Empire. Then oh, wow. it's gone back and forth between French territory, German territory, French mm-hmm. German. Uh, and finally, after World War II, um, it was settled as French territory. And that's when the brand started to expand after mm-hmm. the conclusion of World War II and was first served in the United Kingdom in 1953 in celebration of the coronation of Queen Elizabeth. Oh, very nice. We as Bond fans also yeah. know it, 1953 was also the year of the publication of Casino Royale. Mm-hmm, so absolutely. there's a little nice, uh, nice tie in there yeah. for Queen so and Country it's, too. <laughs> it's a very popular, very popular beer to this day in the United Kingdom. Ever okay. since uh, you know first being served there mm-hmm. back in the year of James Bond's literary birth. That's fantastic. Um, you also wrote uh, something else on on the list here, Brahma. Brahma. Brahma beer is the largest beer produced in Brazil. Okay. So um, it's not, it's a, it's another like light lager beer, mm-hmm. a little bit more Americanized than um, some of the European lagers, which most drinkers would classify as a little bit more bitter right. or a little bit funkier. Um, not that like it's gone bad or anything like that, but just mm-hmm. 
like the flavor grassier uh, is another term people would use. Yeah. <laughs> so think um, Brahma, you could compare more to like a Miller High Life, mm-hmm. whereas a uh, Cronenberg 1664 is similar to, again, like we spoke about Heineken, Peroni, those types of beers. Right. Okay. And it's going down really nicely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who can't see can. <laughs> Yeah. For those of you who can't see, Kyle has a can of the Cronenborg sixteen sixty four. I hope the uh, mic picked up that sound effect. I think it did a little bit. I did the actual sound effect for you though after. <laughs> so okay, so moving on to uh for your eyes only. For your eyes only, I picked a beer called Fix, which, which um I thought was interesting when I read that. I was like I've never heard. I've never heard that before. That's interesting. Well, it's the story behind it. It was founded by German um, brewers. Mm-hmm. Their their name was Fuchs, and I guess that they um, simplified it to Fix okay. when they first um, founded the brewery. Mm-hmm. This beer, the first time it shows up, it actually shows up in the universe of James Bond. It's in the first chapter of Colonel Sun, most oh, okay. of which takes place in Greece. Right. Um, guess what? It's another European pale lager, five percent <laughs> alcohol by volume, with a very clean taste. And uh, <laughs> this this one's a little bit sweeter um, mm-hmm. than Cronenborg and um, Singha, mm-hmm. but it's a, a similar mouthfeel, similar style of beer, similar aroma. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love Greek food and I know my local Greek restaurant has this, so I'm always excited when I get to have it and it comes in, um, I should have picked some up, but it comes in like a, a short stubby, what we call a steiny style bottle. Mm, okay. So it's right away. If you saw it, you'd know what this is. Cause mm-hmm. it doesn't look like, you know, your average long neck or, uh, like this purple haze, uh, yeah. short neck bottle. Mm-hmm. It's, it stands out. Um, yeah. so it has a really unique shape to it. It's not so, like the same design as the um it's the same bottle as like the red stripe, right? It's similar, but it's different. I mean, it has um shoulders to it with oh, okay. a red stripe. Um, you know, there's no neck at all to the red stripe bottle. Mm-hmm. So this has a it's a short neck with shoulders. Um it's it's pretty neat. We call it a, like that style of bottle a steiny. Yeah. Um so this brewery was founded in 1864 by a German <laughs> brewer, like I said. Right. And they were granted a royal warrant as well by the king of Greece. Mm-hmm. And Fix basically ran the Greek beer market as a monopoly for a century. Wow. Un- until the 1960s and the Greek government opened up um, the brewing industry to foreign uh, producers. Mm-hmm. And eventually Fix went bankrupt <laughs> and only relaunched in 2009 mm-hmm. at which point uh they took on some investment from carlsberg which is mm-hmm. like heineken one of the largest brewing conglomerates in the world right there's still a little bit of conflict to this day about the trademarks and the recipe so <laughs> the fix that we get in the united states might be the same that's in greece might not be the same that's in <laughs> greece so maybe what my little local greek joint has is not the real fix but- yeah <laughs> It looks cool and it tastes good with my uh, souvlaki, yeah. so that's that's what's most important. I've been craving Greek food lately. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's that's a uh, that's a favorite of mine for sure. Yeah, I feel like you have to go to a restaurant to get most good Greek food too. Agreed. And right yeah. now, you know, with everything still more mm-hmm. or less shut down, it's weird. It's it strange to <laughs> restaurants now. <laughs> it really and, is. And I and I have a Greek uh, place near me too, so I'm just like. 
I really want to go get Greek food, you know? <laughs> right. And it's not the same when you bring it home. No, it's not. It it's not. Especially when you go, like, most of these places, like, actually have a good atmosphere, too. Mm-hmm. You know? And you feel like you want to have, you know, I guess a bottle of fix. Well, it's almost like, um, you know, they treat you like family. I think of uh, yeah. my big fat Greek wedding, you know? Yeah. They they want to feed you. They want you to sit <laughs> yeah. down and have a good time. <laughs> I feel like just that's a whole Mediterranean thing. Yeah. Italy or Greece or, you know, or Spain, you know, like, they all just want to feed you. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and this beer pairs perfectly with Greek food. Correct. Yeah. So moving on to Octopussy. Octopussy. Okay. I've been drinking beer, so I have the beer burps a little bit. It's okay. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> Authenticity, ladies and gentlemen. Authenticity. Yes, author- exactly. <laughs> By the way, before you go into Octopussy here, um, I, I want to mention that for those of you who can't see, Kyle has like an extensive like notepad of notes on everything. Like it's just like, it's fantastic. I do. I, I've written down. <laughs> like a page for each I, i'm i'm giving you the reader's digest version yeah. <laughs> i really went too deep into the nitty-gritty no it's uh, perfectly fine it's perfectly you lose, fine you have to save it for listeners. future yeah you have to save it for future things though you never know that's true yeah. well I, I don't throw any of my notes away yeah good good <laughs> <laughs> all right so octopusy octopusy first beer i want to talk about is a beer called kingfisher Ooh, that one looks familiar i think i've seen that one before it's a a pretty well-known beer um this is the best by far the best selling beer in india Mm -hmm. and because there's i would say fairly significant indian american population in metro new york where you and i both live Mm -hmm. kingfisher is not a hard beer to find Mm -hmm. guess what it's another european pale lager 4.8% 4.8% alcohol by volume. <laughs> uh, so like I no said, no surprise there. No. I know we all, we have our, uh, I guess my bias is showing or either that. I actually, I think it's the global beer palette. Yeah, uh, absolutely. absolutely. It's definitely that. It's definitely that. Yeah. We'll say that's what it is. Cause I yeah. did pick out the purple haze for living like that. Yeah. Uh, so this one, um, it's owned by a company called United Brewing and it traces its history back to 1885. Mm-hmm. So this is another fairly traditional, um, fairly traditional brewery making a traditional product. Um, it's similar, I would say, Kingfisher to the beers we've been discussing. Mm-hmm. A little bit on the lighter side. Okay. When you think it, it makes sense when you think about uh, you know the climate in India, right? Being as hot as it is, this would be pretty uh refreshing and thirst quenching Mm -hmm. so absolutely that's i would reach for a beer like that yeah but if you're tired of uh me prattling on about (laughs) european pale lagers (laughs) people are probably screaming at their radios right now like well what about india pale ale everybody (laughs) talks about ipa 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 (laughs) what is an ipa Mm -hmm. it's an ipa stands for india pale ale Mm mm-hmm most people probably don't know where that term comes from, yeah. but it's a, it's a traditional English style of beer mm-hmm. that's produced with um, extra hops. Okay. Why? Because when the British empire um, controlled India, hops are a natural preservative. So mm-hmm. larger quantities were added to the recipes. So it would survive the journey on ships from right the British Isles to India. Mm-hmm. And that just became the style of beer consumed by 
the British Army during like the the Raj era. Mm-hmm. Um, later on, where most modern beer drinkers would know this beer in the 1990s, when American craft breweries sort of were looking to old styles, mm-hmm. um, like obsolete, unpopular beer styles, um, IPA was found to be really compatible with like American hops, which are mm-hmm. very aromatic, a lot stronger. Right. Um, and it was just like a natural fit. And that's why IPA has kind of become the predominant American craft beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then you have uh, one more on the list here. I do. I have, oh, I must've left it in the fridge. <laughs> I have uh Varsteiner pills, which uh, it's a traditional German beer. Mm-hmm. because James Bond travels to, uh, to Germany in yep. uh, Octopussy and Germany being such a, probably the richest uh, beer culture in the world would mm-hmm. be in, in Germany, if not the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another European pale lager, mm-hmm. uh, one of the best selling in Germany, produced in uh, Westphalia, the Westphalia region of Germany since 1753 by the Cromer family. And it's actually the largest independently owned brewery in Germany. Or oh, I've, wow. been to, I've been to this brewery and it is the most technologically advanced. I mean, you'd think you were in NASA. That's yeah. how computerized, mechanized, sterile this mm-hmm. place is. And the product really shows. It's the cleanest beer you'll probably ever taste in your life. It's, oh, it's wow. very, very clear, very crisp, uh, four and a, four, four and a half, four point six percent alcohol by volume. Mm-hmm. Very lacy, uh, a little bit of a nutty flavor uh, as you finish it. Right. And then there's another German beer that I have to touch on called Altenmunster, mm-hmm. which shows up in the movie Octopussy. Um, the German couple in the Volkswagen yeah. offer Bond a bottle of it. And he's, <laughs> That's in, right. he's in too much of a hurry to take it. Now, I can't find this beer anywhere. I can't find a, a website for the manufacturer, nothing. Mm. So I, I don't even know if this is still being produced, but right. I couldn't let this go by without mentioning that. And that's a, or it is or was, depending upon if it still exists, mm-hmm. a, uh, a Bavarian beer. Oh, and okay. B- Bavaria, that region of Germany, and their beer culture is, of course, best known for Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. Of course. That's awesome. That's yeah. Fun. I'm sure, though, when you went to the, uh, the other brewery, though, like it must have been just like, like you must have been geeking out. Oh, it was it was almost kind of like um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> that's, that's really what it was. And they put you on a tram kind of like that. And you yeah. go through and you see the workers working and mm-hmm. everybody's happy and upbeat and everything is just so regimented and clean. It's it's Germany. Nice. It's very, very German. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so uh, last on our list, A View to a Kill. Last one on our list, we are closing out with, on a high note as far as I'm concerned. This is one of my favorite breweries that I, not only that I've been to, but their products are some of my favorite that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about Anchor Brewing in uh, San Francisco, which is the original American craft brewery. They've really? been in operation since 1896. Okay. But where they really took a, a big leap forward um, – was in the 1960s when they were purchased by Fritz Maytag mm-hmm. from washing machine fortune of fame. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. So Fritz Maytag <laughs> kind of kicked off what is known today as it was called, we used to call them microbreweries, but now we mm-hmm. call them uh, American craft 
breweries. Nobody right. really knows how they survived prohibition uh, being around since 1896. Like, I guess those records are destroyed or yeah. maybe they just don't talk about it. But mm-hmm. uh, once, once the Maytag money came in, um, that's when they started to um, come into their own on a national scale. Now, it's best known for Anchor Steam, which is a California common. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like the prototypical California common. If, if anybody, almost like Guinness is the nitrogenated stout. If anybody thinks of like a, a dry nitrogenated stout, they think of Guinness immediately and mm-hmm. nothing else can compare. Right. Anchor Steam is to steam beer or California common what Guinness is to stout. Okay. Um, what is a California common or a steam beer? It's a lager that's made with lager yeast, but it's fermented hot like an ale. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was done a lo- in warmer climates in the United States when refrigeration was scarce. Right. I think we spoke about um, Kentucky common yes. on our last, last podcast. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the California common is very similar um, to Kentucky common, which I don't think anybody makes anymore. But California common is... I don't want to say more common, but you know. <laughs> it's the pun, more common. Pun intended. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and how would this so, um, say pair well with a quiche? <laughs> quiche de cabernet. <laughs> it's an omelet. <laughs> it's an omelet. <laughs> oh Actually, the, the thing I would pair it with, just because of um, the Maytag Association, the Maytag family also is, produces the best blue cheese in the united states really yeah anchor steam and maytag blue cheese would be my pairing um so this beer is it's wholly unique it's totally Mm. different from any other lager that you'll ever have it's a lot more amber okay color it has like a very thick creamy head to it Mm -hmm. and it's sweet uh not not so sweet that it's sugary um, but it's it's malty it's ready you know it's it's um it's not heavy but it's not bitter Mm-hmm. That's my description of uh, of Anchor Steam. Mm. I would highly recommend it. it. Out of all of these beers that I've listed, and I I like them all. I've I've yeah. picked beers that I enjoy drinking. Right. Uh, but Anchor Steam is my favorite because it's so unique and it has such a a rich heritage with the city of San Francisco. There's actually a photo of um, Steve Jobs in the 1970s, sort of in the early, very early days of Apple, and mm-hmm. he's sitting like cross-legged on the floor and there's a bottle of anchor steam next to him and it, you know every, it's one of those like think different you know yeah, yeah. Uh, in, independent thought yada 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 mm-hmm. that's um that it, anchor steam is san francisco in a bottle that's, okay. that's how i would describe it and i've been to san francisco but i didn't like drink a lot of beer when i was there so it's definitely something i want to well it's another that's there. that's a wine region too uh, yeah you know, Nor- northern california like france is known for its wine. Absolutely. So I would think that would be what most people would gravitate towards in those parts of the world. Mm-hmm. But um, Anchor Steam, it would be, I think it would be very difficult to find a pub in San Francisco that didn't serve this. It's their, right. uh, you know, their hometown pride for sure. <laughs> and I actually um, found a really cool um, uh, brewery or not a brewery, excuse me, a restaurant um, or bar, uh, like an Irish pub when I was in uh, San Francisco a couple of years ago. Um, and uh, they actually, apparently they state that they're known for their like perfect pour of Guinness. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember, I don't remember the name of the pub or the, uh, the pub right now, but like, I think I would rather have, would have rather have had anchor steam. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you something, if you can find a really good Guinness poured really well, 
yeah. and, and served in the right glassware, it's hard to compete with that. There's nothing like it. Oh, absolutely. A, a good Guinness is a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's we're coming up on March sooner than we think. So That's right. Be, uh, That's right. It's we Guinness will season. march again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what uh, they said last year after most of the parades were canceled. Yeah. Hopefully, this is the year we march again. If Hopefully. Not, uh 2022 baby <laughs> yep maybe you could still open you know some guinness at home too <laughs> exactly yep it works just fine in other locations too <laughs> absolutely so going through the list again so you have uh for for live and let die you have a beat of purple haze uh yep. which no longer has baron somebody on the label i can't believe they took baron somebody <laughs> off the label and I know, that upsets me so much <laughs> for for months yeah. since you and i have first spoke about this project yeah I knew Live and Let Die right away. It's right. got to be Purple Haze because Baron Samadhi's on the freaking box. Exactly. But not anymore. Not anymore. Um, and then uh, the man with the golden gun is uh, Singha. Singha, yes. Singha. And then Spy Love Me is uh, Stella, not Stella Artois. Um, right. And, uh, and then uh, Moonraker is Cronenborg uh, 1664. Yes, sir. And then for your eyes only, we have Fix. And then Octopussy, we have uh, Kingfisher and Warsteiner. That's right. And then A View to a Kill, Ankerstein. Ankerstein. Oh, man. These all sound really good. <laughs> yeah. I there There isn't, like I said, there isn't a beer on this list that I don't like. I've picked things that not only I like to drink, but I think anyone could pick up and enjoy none of these are overbearing mm-hmm. uh, yes the purple haze is a little unusual because of the addition of raspberries of course so if, if you're not a sweet beer drinker you might not like that but it's not it's not an overbearing um flavor at all and anchor steam is a little bit different because mm-hmm. it's sweeter um a little bit darker than right the, you know the european pale lagers that mm-hmm. we were talking about but that's what makes it unique absolutely and it is by by no means um, a heavy or filling beer. I mean, it's it, it stands up to food really yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you you can have two or three of them in one sitting without mm-hmm. feeling bloated. <laughs> so it's uh, it, you know, it, it stands up with uh, with everything we've spoken about today. Yeah, and it works well with like the foods from that region. So if you're interested in German food, grab you know grab one of the beers. If you're interested in Greek food, you know grab mm-hmm. fix, grab a fix. You know, and and that's one of the things that I like about Bond, and that I like about um, the beer industry in general. Mm-hmm. James Bond always drinks the local thing. Yeah, uh, you know, when he's in Kentucky, he's drinking mint julep. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's he knows he's an Epicurean guy. He knows yeah. like what what to drink, what to eat. He knows mm-hmm. what the local delicacies are. And I like that. And I, I like, um, you know, traveling to different places and trying the different local beers and the different foods yeah, and seeing absolutely. how they, how they mesh together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm craving a beer right now. I'm probably going to go have one after, <laughs> after this. Um, I, I can't believe you didn't open one for, uh, for I know. Well, it's cause I haven't had a chance to actually go beer shopping lately and I haven't been drinking that much beer cause in the winter time I tend to not, um, but uh, but I think I'm gonna that have to go s- see what I have in the beer fridge and <laughs> crack one open after this. Oh man! So well, one day we'll, we'll have to do this in person because yes, we, we, will. we don't live too far away from each other. No, so. we do not. No, we do not. And I'm hoping, you know, hopefully by for, for part three that we can do that. That would be great. I would mm-hmm. really enjoy that. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Kyle, for being my guest today. This was great fun, and I look forward to having you on again soon for part three. Always. Um, this is a lot of fun. I look forward to these. <laughs> It's been amazing. Um, And uh, I can't wait to see what you have in store for us next time. 
Ooh, well, we've got to we've got to talk about Dalton. Uh, things can get very nasty. Yeah. I can't do I can't do Dalton. <laughs> things things are about, about to turn nasty. Nasty. <laughs> nasty. <laughs> a little bit of Welsh in there. I always um, feel like I, when I do my Dalton, it sounds like uh, Daphne Moon's mother <laughs> from uh, <laughs> Frasier. <laughs> that's, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> Um, I will be posting uh, Kyle's list of beers on our Instagram page soon. Uh, don't forget to check out Kyle on Instagram at Easy Smiles and Expensive Watches. Uh, and you, you can also see him on the Bond Experience's uh, Top James Bond Style Item Wishlist Part 1 video, which is available now. came out today. Yep. There will be... Uh, been doing a couple little projects with uh, David over at the Bond Experience. So stay tuned. There's more yeah. coming. <laughs> which has been great. I, I watched uh, Part 1 today. It was very good. As a couple, couple other friends of ours in the community as well. Yes. Um, so that's that's fantastic. Um, thank you again, and until next time, be well, be kind, and be Bond. Yeah.